This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. It normally takes 21 seconds. Ah, we're live. Finally. Fucking hell. (laughs) Welcome to Thursday Night Live, or is it Friday morning, or is it Saturday? I don't know. Technology. Technology and bloody Australians. That's the problem. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to Thursday Night Live, a clock in talk podcast that's on the Ask Brothers channel, because it's all fucked up tonight. I've been angry all day listening to the fucking podcast of people moaning and ranting about fucking Arsenal as if it's fucking doom and gloom. The fucking end of the world is nigh. Sick and tired of them. Sick and tired of Arsenal fans. Still, before I rant anymore, let me welcome my guests on tonight's show. If anyone's fucking watching, if anyone's listening, let me know. Are you in there? Anyone there? We have each other at least. I don't know where Max has gone. Even he's dropped out. No, no, well, I haven't. Now I'm, we're getting a repeat. I'm, Listen, I'm fucking hungover and I've got no pants on. So if I have to get up and do something, I've got to turn my fucking camera off. <laughs> I'm pantsless. Listen, I can hear myself. I'm not even saying anything. What's going on? I can hear. Liam, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm fine. No echoes or anything. No, I'm listening to myself. Do the introduction. What on well, repeat? Or like 30 seconds five. behind? Or <laughs> it's very good. This is a very good start to a show. Darren, leave fun. the room. I leave can't. the room and then come back. We've got a problem. The show is is actually playing live in my ear 30 seconds after it started. <laughs> well, Darren, turn your computer off and go again, and I'll Hold on, I'll get him in the private chat. Turn the show your... is repeating back in my ear a minute later. It's not an echo. Well, I'm is... actually listening to the show that we started. <laughs> it's being repeated. I can hear myself now saying, let me introduce our guests. You would think at this point that Darren would have turned off his computer or done something rather oh, than fuck just all going saying, <laughs> Yeah, it's quite amusing because how we like, he won't know for another minute yet. Yeah, he's not going to know. So Darren's a cunt. Uh, he's an old cunt. He's, he's laughing at a joke that I probably made half an <laughs> hour ago for this at, one, this, at this point. He'll be waiting for this one while he resets his computer. All right, oh, Liam, it's you and me. Happy days. Um Fuck, I don't know, Liam. Picking up from where Darren left off before he unceremoniously <laughs> just destroyed whatever semblance of professionalism we had on this show. Um, yeah. Fuck it. Dumb dorks just finished. Liam, what do you think of the match? What do you think of the I- game? Much of what we expected, yeah? Yeah, on any score to screamer, we don't yeah. need to touch on that anymore. Um- or <laughs> <laughs> well, nick of time nick this of time. is the most fucked up start to any show i've ever done in my 150 years of podcasting when we used to do them with advocacies and fucking whatever you did <laughs> what was the version of the internet 30 40 years ago i don't know bits of paper and a pen we used to stand on street corners and talk about football so i start again <laughs> yeah go for it go for it darren i mean Max, can you edit to... out this first 15 minutes for the podcast well considering it's a live podcast darren editing i know out we can't edit difficult. this bit but only one man and his dog listens to this bit nobody wants to watch us <laughs> we're not fucking famous i know i'm extremely handsome but the ladies like to listen to my voice so the podcast is where it all matters oh thank you thank you don't <laughs> waste thank you don't waste the tweet we're uh, we're really bringing it really bringing it home. Is Darren? Look, I'm just going to read some comments. Is Darren a fixture on here now? Loved him on the Arsenal India podcast. This is Darren's show. <laughs> I'm the host. <laughs> yes, it's me, Matt Russ. Nice to hear you, mate. Welcome to the Arsenal India podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> now I've got to turn my phone off. <laughs> oh, I'm in a mood for you two tonight. What, and you're have hungover, you? what have I told you about smoking fucking weed before you come on the show, Darren? It's for after the show, evenings, and if you're about to have a wank. That's when yeah, you smoke. Okay. All right. Welcome to Thursday Night Live. A, uh... <laughs> have a guess which of us lives in the Netherlands. 
<laughs> Welcome to Thursday Night Live, an Arsenal podcast for Arsenal fans all over the world, a positive Arsenal podcast. I'm joined as usual by my two regular guests, Max from the Arse Brothers. Hello, Max. How are you? Hungover as fuck, up early and ready to do this highly professional podcast Good. on the Arse Bros channel. Good. Liam. Welcome back, mate. I, I always introduce Max first to because he's on the left as I look at the screen. You're on the right. Liam, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm enjoying watching this as much as I enjoyed the Arsenal game. No, let's fun. not talk about that. That's a dead rabbit. <laughs> I'm not, I'm really, really not bothered about that fucking football game. I want to talk tonight about Arsenal fans, Arsenal supporters. And the word supporters is something that I've really, really got the ump with. Supporters. You lot don't know the meaning of the word. I also want to dedicate this show to a friend of mine, Mr. Nick Hobbs. Um, Nick Hobbs is a, a really, really, really close mate of mine who uh, is in hospital in the intensive care unit at the moment. Uh, he's had a, a, an operation, a serious operation on his brain, and uh, he came out, he's in ICU, and he actually sent me a message this morning saying, are you recording? Because it's dead fucking boring in here. <laughs> so uh, I thought I'd give him a big mention. Uh, I did wind him up, quite funny. He's just come out of this... Uh, very serious operation on his brain. And I said, how are you? And he said, yeah, I'm okay. I think I'm okay, but I'm missing my dog. And I said, Nick, you haven't got a dog. <laughs> I thought that had fucked someone up who's just come out of having a brain operation. <laughs> but, <laughs> and he went, oh, haven't I? Uh, oh, you can't. You absolute can't. That's amazing. Keeping it classy. Uh, Nick Hobbs, I just want to just finish up. Nick Hobbs, I met in about 1982 at the pub called the Plimso Arms, which those of you who used to go to Highbury know that it's uh, it's now called the Old Triangle, and it's one of the closest pubs to Highbury and the Emirates Stadium. Met him in there, got chatting. We're still mates fucking hundreds of years later, and we travelled home and away and all across Europe watching Arsenal for many years together. So, Nick, get well soon. Nick understands what it's like being an Arsenal fan. That year in 1982, we finished 10th. Yeah, and that was a good season. The year before, we just got knocked out of Tottenham in the third round of the FA Cup 1-0. I don't know if it was that year or the year after. We lost at Wrexham in the third round, went out to them. And yet we still used to go to football week after week after week following supporting Arsenal. All I've heard this week from Arsenal fans is misery negativity. And Max, I listened to your excellent Arse Brothers OG. thought it was a very, very good show, apart from the bit where you called me an old cunt. Uh, and and I, I, I listened to that and I thought, you know, it's a, it's a nice way to go to the fans. I listened to the uh, the Clock and Talk review show, two hours and three minutes of misery moaning about Arsenal. Sometimes I just don't, I, I just wonder what Arsenal fans, what, what do you expect? I know it's a shit season. I know we're playing terrible. That doesn't mean we can't question the manager. It doesn't mean we can't question the players. But it's all throw the toys out of the pram and it's all got to start again. Get rid of the manager. Jack is a cunt. Bambiang's a cunt. Lacazette's a cunt. You know, I just listen to podcast after podcast of everyone saying how bad and how wrong this is. This is a time when we need to support our club. Really support our club. Max, Liam, say something because I've got a lot to say tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we um we tried to... I guess Toby and I on the Ask Bros OG show, we actually had a, for very, very rarely had a conversation before we went live and had the intention of not just producing another doom and gloom and everything is shit podcast because I, it's why we didn't usually Toby and I go live on the Monday. So the, the game's on the Sunday, which means we watch it on the Monday morning and then we go live on Monday. And he actually rang me up and I said, I can't do it. I can't do an instant reaction to this because it's just going to be horrible and it's going to make for horrible fucking content. And anyway, Toby and I ended up talking about, um, and we were talking about last, sorry, I'm so fucking hungover. It's going to be, <laughs> and we were talking about the fact that we support this, this rugby league team in Australia. And we've been supporters of this rugby league team since the early nineties. And they're called the Canberra Raiders. And when we started supporting the Canberra Raiders, they were the best team in history the best NRL team in history. So there are synergies here about people who maybe have started supporting Arsenal since they were the Invincibles. And basically the Raiders had the best players from the best teams for the best era and were completely dominant for a period of time. For the last 20 years, we've been a mid-table, bottom-of-the-table club and we've supported thick and thin, watched the games, you know, got behind no matter how shit the players were, no matter how bad the coaches were, 10 different coaches in 20 years, 
And this amazing thing happened last year where we made it to a grand final. And it was almost like anyone who was still there, anyone who was still a fan at that point had earned the right to to rejoice in this like ginormous climb back up to the top of the mountain. Now, let me take it back over to Arsenal. There is a huge, huge amount of fans who have never been to the bottom of this hill. They've never seen it before. They've never seen what losses look like. They've never seen what the vast majority of fans from the vast majority of football clubs deal with year in, year out, whether you're a West Ham fan or a Fulham fan or, you know, like Big Steve, who's half a Sunderland fan, having to watch those teams go down and support them through League One and support them through League Two. And I think, if anything, this whole this whole period, I, I brought it up on the show, Darren, what you said on our show on the Thursday show we did with Albert, where you said not that you would ever enjoy watching Arsenal lose, but that you took some some pleasure in the concept or the idea that a lot of these kind of fans who only exist for the high times might somehow be forced out of the club. Like, go support fucking PSG. Go support Bayern. Go support a team who never loses. So, I, I like like I was saying, you know, in my rambly, fucking still half drunk on all the whiskey from last night way, I think that there's a moment of reflection that Arsenal fans need to take during this time where they need to start to think about what it is to be a fan. And I think the comment that Toby and I kept using all the time throughout the last show was, Arsenal do not have some kind of divine right to be a top four club. Arsenal yeah. fans do not have some kind of divine right to show up every single week and expect to win. Max, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a phrase I use quite reg- regularly. It's we have no divine right. And when I talk about Arsenal supporters, they're all cunts. I don't mean you're all cunts. I mean, a lot of you are like me who just support this club through thick and thin. And this is thin. This is very, very thin. This is very, very, very thin. It's tough. We're used to success. We've been on a downward, um, slow, gradual downward decline for about 10, 15 years now. And it's difficult. But let me... You know, I mean, I, I talk about my mate Nick Hobbs, who I met in the 80s, and I'm not going, oh, it was all much better then. It wasn't. The football shit's much better now. We then went on to win, you know, at Arsene Wenger, and we became this most incredible footballing side. But what I'm talking about is the fans like Max talks about who have jumped on the bandwagon. Why did you support Arsenal? Because we were winning things. That's why you supported Arsenal. It wasn't because we played in London with the majority of people don't go and see them in the stadium. You're Arsenal fans because we were winning week after week and we were playing excellent football. But that's not what, not what supporting a football club is all about. There's so many specifics I want to get into. But you imagine, I, I, I've heard this year, we bought a player called Willian from Chelsea. I've got two Chelsea mates who said, what a fantastic signing. He's a really good, consistent player. Now, he's come to a new club. Didn't Sounds like he didn't really want to come. Um, Arteta talked him into coming to this club and all you imagine being him he's a human being you imagine every single week all he gets is people going William's a cunt William's a cunt William's shit he's rubbish he shouldn't be it's expensive it's too expensive he shouldn't have done this how does it feel as that individual to play for this club you all want to talk about who you want to sign you want to talk about who you want to join this club you imagine if a player is negotiating he's got a choice of going to Arsenal or somewhere else. And he looks at our fan base and he talks to somebody like William and says, would you join? Well, to be honest, it's fucking horrendous here because the fans haven't given me a chance. I'm just being destroyed. Now is the time when we're 15th in the league and we can question some of the manager's decisions and we can question the manager and we can question some of the performances. But this is a time where we need to get behind this club that we love, that we're supposed to love. And all I hear is just negativity. This is all terrible. There's no idea. I really want to talk about the Tottenham game. Liam, Liam, say something. Say something. (laughs) Bring yourself into this podcast because I want to talk about this Tottenham game. Yeah, I mean, I'm nodding along with you guys. I'm totally on board with everything that you say. I I think the thing we've got to realise is we've got to see where we are. You know, we compare a lot of the games if you take them individually. You know, we've talked about, you know, look where uh, Liverpool might have not have been playing as well as they could have been. And we thought, oh, they might have been there for the taking. Same with Man City. But we've got to realise where we are. We're not Liverpool-Man City. We're not on their level. We've got to realise and respect where we are as a club at the moment. Focus on ourselves. Stop looking at other teams as well and what they're doing. Focus on ourselves. What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And gradually improve on that. And I think there's a certain impatience because... Like you guys were saying, we haven't been here before. I'm from that generation as well. 
I can be patient, but not everyone else can be, excuse me, from the sounds of things. And that annoys me because I feel like if I can be patient, everybody, I'm, I don't see why everyone else can't be. I want to be, but this hurts. This really hurts seeing where we are at the moment. But I can be patient enough to see this was four, five plus years in the making. It's going to take us that long to get out of it. I see signs we're coming out of it. It's going to take time. We just have to be patient. There's so much here I want to talk about. Thank you, Lynn. There's so much I really want to talk about. Um, and I do want to talk about the Spurs game. This isn't the week to kick off. This is not the week to kick off. Losing at home to 3-0 to Aston Villa, that was a week to kick off. That was a disgraceful performance. Played off the park by a team that just avoided relegation last year. That was a time. Going to Tottenham, and I want to talk about the Tottenham game, but going to Tottenham, and surprising everybody, including Tottenham, I'm sure, by actually going at them like we did at Manchester United and hearing everybody saying, oh, we should have just sat back and let them attack. Do you know, we were, we were playing away at the league leaders, away at the league leaders who had already beaten Manchester City 2-0 uh, two weeks previous and had drawn away at Chelsea 0-0. And yet we went there, took the game to them, letting one goal from a, a, a poor positioning from our goalkeeper in a world-class strike and then the most ridiculous situation when our star player walks off the pitch now you tell me if that star player party had been Xhaka wow he wouldn't have been playing with the club again somebody would have shot him somebody would have kneecapped him imagine would have been, been burning William. fucking effigies yeah Max Tottenham. I was just, I, I was just agree. I was just agreeing with you. They've been burning effigies. Look for those of you who didn't listen to the Ask Bros OG that Toby and I did after the game. Like I said at the start, we took quite a level-headed approach to it because people who I, I generally really, really respect. You know, guys who who we podcast with, uh, guys from other channels, bigger channels than than Ask Bros, were fucking losing their minds after that game. I mean, losing their minds. Like, everything is shit. Everything needs to go. Everyone needs to be sold. The manager's got to go. And Toby and I looked at that game, and and I put up a tweet saying, uh, I think we doubled our final third entry balls. We quadrupled our chances created. Um, and everyone sort of, including us, thought that Arteta would just lay down and go and play a back five and sit passive. And I said to Toby, I was like, what sort of message do you think that sends to the current Arsenal squad? If it's Tottenham away, which, like, let's face it, big clubs away, and as much as our, our fans and the people listening in the chat are going to hate to admit this, Tottenham are a big club. They're on top of the league. They've been to a Champions League final, right? They are a big club, regardless of trophies and stuff like that. And I buy into the tribalism, and I buy into the Tottenham is shit, you know, rhetoric as well, because it's fun. But let's face it, let's be frank, they're a top club. Now, what sort of message does it, it, it send if Arteta goes to Tottenham, our rivals, and says, let's sit in a deep block, let's never break out, and let's get them to come at us? And, and play for a nil-nil draw, which is I, I what I'm hearing, what is what we should saying. have done. Uh, yeah, I, I understand what people are saying, but you know, I, I implore people to think about the the within a management structure when you're managing any form of team that you're setting up the structures for those people to have belief and have pride in the product and what it would do for those fans. Those top ends, don't forget, you're talking about players like Aubameyang. You're talking about guys who are on £300,000 a week and are golden boot winners, you know, in the past for us and one goal off golden boot winners. And I, I, I question people's sanity when they're talking about saying, well, you're going to go to Tottenham and you're going to sit in the deep block. And you're going to sit there and you're going to wait for Tottenham to come at you for a game which was essentially a free hit for us, which it is away at big teams. It's a free hit. Go out there and do them. So I'm not absolving the manager and I'm not absolving the players. And I haven't spent this week, like like many of you, I haven't spent this week on social media spitting chips and Arteta out and this out and that out and that out. It's a process and it's going to be a long process. I think old man Trev, if you are, if anyone listens to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, old man Trev got so fed up. Trev's in his 60s. He's been an Arsenal fan for 50 years. And old man Trev got fed up at the end of Guns and Yellow Ribbons and had a two-minute monologue at the end and nearly brought him to tears. Nearly brought him to tears at the end of it because he was saying that he loves the club so much and waking up and seeing this poison and this rhetoric every day 
it kills him inside. And he wouldn't care if the club was on the bottom of the table. He'd still be in the stands and he'd still be singing and he'd still be cheering the club's name because the club's given him so much. And I think there's something entitled about the fan base now where it's almost like they want Christmas every single day. I think we've got such short memories. We, we, we employed a manager. Not my choice, not my first choice by any stretch of the imagination. Keep saying again and again, I thought it was a very, very strange choice by the club to employ someone who has had no managerial experience at this level. And we sign him, one of the biggest clubs in the world, sign him. So we sign him, okay? He went on and won the FA Cup in his first season. I mean, really, uh, in his first season, he won the FA Cup. Now, I listen to Arsenal fans now go, oh, well, it was only the FA Cup. The cup spot. I even listened to people saying, if we hadn't have won the FA Cup, we wouldn't have been in Europe and, you know, it would be an easier season. This is, you know, there's, there's teams out there, Tottenham Hotspur, who would die to win an FA Cup. There are teams all over the country with empty trophy cabinets. We only enter four fucking trophies a year. We only won European competition, a league and, you know, and, and two cups, two domestic cups. We only enter four competitions and we won one of them. And yet that's just written off as if, it didn't matter. Yes, it matters. It does matter. What's the point of being a fan if you're not going to just support your club through thick and thin and enjoy the fabulous days out like the FA Cup final? Enjoy that. Now, we're going through a tough time, but we employed a manager. We employed a manager with no experience. Did you all think that suddenly it was going to be the new Pep Guardiola? No, the club has seen something in this manager that thinks he has a long-term vision and the heart of Arsenal to take the club forward. Things are going a bit pear-shaped at the moment. We've narrowly lost at Liverpool, narrowly lost at Manchester City, narrowly lost at Tottenham after um, dominating large periods of the game. And yet now, let's change the manager and everybody's shit. Start to think about what we're trying to do as a club. We have employed a manager for the long term. Yeah, United are doing it with Solskjaer. Feel sorry for him. You know, he's he, he's a win away from being in the top three, not 15th in the table, and everybody wants him out. If we have entered this project for the long term, then it's a long-term thing. We finished eighth last year. We were horrible under Emery. We were terrible in the last couple of years of Wenger. It's been a steady decline. This is a new project. Don't expect it to work overnight, but don't throw your toys out of the pram after that performance at Tottenham because that performance at Tottenham was one of the better performances this season. And Tottenham are good. You, know, you can say, oh, we just oh, we just kept putting crosses in. You know, we put 30-odd, 40 crosses into the box. Fuck me, only one of those needs to break, luckily, to one of our players and we score a goal. Game has changed. We watched the Europa League tonight where all our young players just kept putting crosses into the boxes and we scored four times. Now, OK, Dundalk and Tottenham aren't equivalent opposition. But there was a system, there was a plan. And that plan was to create chances and to score goals and not to get caught on the break. And then, of course, you know, as soon as they break away, freak, you know, a goalkeeper slightly out of position and a really good finish from a, a very good player from 30 yards. And suddenly we're stupid because we let them counterattack. You had to hit the ball from 35 yards out. You'd take that all day long. Wouldn't you? If you had to to leave a player to, to to shoot from 35 yards all day long, you expect your goalkeeper to save that. It was an exceptional finish and poor positioning from the goalkeeper. Liam, <laughs> I know there's no question there. Just get the I've got a lot to say, and I'm just conscious that I don't want to dominate this. I'd love to. Uh, you know, I can't even see the comments because uh, <laughs> I've got my glasses on. I'm fucked, <laughs> and I haven't had a drink or a smoke. Liam, anything to add? Um, I mean, going to the Tottenham game, I bear with me as I say this because I disagree on the fact that, uh, where you say that we played well. And to explain why, I don't think I think the principle, of the way we tried to play, wasn't the, the, a bad idea. The idea was we go around Tottenham because if you go through the middle, they've got Kane would have had in Dombele, but he was out on the day, so they had Moussa Sissoko, Hoybier. Uh, Got big players. So if we go down, have I frozen again? I see Max laughing. You did briefly, but only for a little blowjob. <laughs> Carry on. Only a quickie. Um, <laughs> um, 
where was I again? No, so going around the outside isn't the worst idea in the world because we'll just get killed down the middle. The problem came with the quality of crosses we put in the box. Like we chucked it in 40 odd times, but that's, you can't just chuck it and hope. There's got to be better execution there for me. It's also where do we take those crosses from? Do, we took them from the outer two quadrants, but we've sometimes got to attack the byline. We've got to pull it across or backwards and get shots off, not just with our heads, but with our feet. And that's for me where we went wrong. And I don't think we tried hard enough to make those combinations. And I don't think we put good enough crosses into the box either. I mean, if we're getting into the detail, I tend to agree. Um, but there was over 40 crosses and lots of shots from both from inside and outside the box. We've been complaining for months and, oh, let's throw the stat about that we've, we've had less chances in the second half than any other club in the 92 teams in the Football League. I keep hearing that one this week. Well, this, this week we changed it. This week we had shots from outside the box. We had them from inside the box. We put lots of crosses in. Some were high, some were shit, some were low. Nothing fell for us. You know, Aubameyang puts one over the bar that you'd like to think he he, he should score. Lacazette doesn't run onto one, where if he, which he does, it's a tapping. You know, it's not clicking. But we we played, and 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 I'll you know I'll question. I'm a huge Hector Bellerin fan, but sadly he's not reached the levels that he was at a couple of years ago before his injury. And and that's something you know Max always talks about playing Ainsley Maitland-Niles in that position. After watching him tonight, I think Do you know what? Yeah, he's he's earned a chance. You know, but. So you can complain about the quality of the players, but they are the players that we have. These are yeah. the players that the manager has inherited. This isn't his team. Arsene Wenger uh, didn't have Thierry Henry, Freddie Lundberg, Robert Pires, uh, Patrick Vieira, um, uh, so many of those players, Jens Lehmann. These weren't his players. It took uh -oh. him years. Oh, go on, go on in. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I think where you say we play well, the intent was there. There was a better intent about us. And we tried to do the, whether you say it's the right thing or the wrong thing is debatable. For me, the right thing. Um, the intent to do the right thing was there. The quality wasn't. And you're right. I just don't think we have the quality in our squad. And that's where, that's where my problem lies. I, I don't think we played well in the quality of our play. And that, that, for me, is most down to the quality of our squad. Um, okay. That's so, where I on it. so this is back, Max. Um, so this is, uh, I guess, let, let's let's take that down. I'll try and take my voice down a notch to get back to my sexiness rather than my irateness. Um, but, the, the, you know, so we've got an issue with our squad. But this isn't the manager's fault. The manager is getting the best as he can out of these players. Aubameyang, you know, he's, he's, he's has been on fire for years and now he's stone cold. Lacazette can't buy a goal. There, there are so many issues in this team, but that is the manager. The manager, what has he bought? He's bought Gabriel, great. You know, he's bought Thomas Partey, fantastic. You know, I mean, this isn't his team. I mentioned who Wenger brought in. And because uh, Tess says I, man, I, I mentioned George Graham every week on this podcast, George Graham brought in Nigel Winterburn, uh, uh, Bold, and uh, Lee Dixon. You know, they just, we didn't have that fabulous defence that we're renowned for when he came in. It takes a year or two to get your own team to play the way you want to play. Manchester City, Chelsea could not score against that Tottenham side, but we're shit because we couldn't. Wrong, wrong game to. Get our, kick our toys out, throw our toys out the pram on. Max, could he have done any more? Uh, look, I, 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 I'm on public record, I guess, as saying that there are two teams and there are two managers and there are tactical battles out there. And right now, if you were drawing up a tactical plan on how to nullify Arsenal with the strengths and weaknesses that we've got, you would stack the middle, have big centre defenders and give Arsenal the wings and say, lob the ball into the box and we'll back ourselves to do it. And we've come up against a very, very well-drilled Wolves team with Portuguese manager in Nuno Espiritonato Santo and another, uh, you know, w w I hate fucking saying this about Mourinho, but it's true. Another world-class, highly successful manager who has made his money and made his name off being very well-drilled and very hard to break down. Um, 
I, I'd just like to say, you know, for all the Arsenal fans saying, why didn't he play five at the back? Why didn't he play five at the back? Why didn't he sit passive? For most of them, they're the same fucking fans that were saying, why don't we move to three in midfield? Why don't we play more attacking? Why don't we throw the ball into the box more? It's like, seriously, fucking piss or get off the pot, Arsenal fans. Seriously. Pick fucking pick one side or the other. Max, I'll come back to you. You just reminded me of two things. I had two interactions with Tottenham fans uh, at the weekend. Um, One is a guy I don't know very well. I've I've got to see him recently called Ringo. I met him in a pub. He was the one who was taking the piss out of me because I I said we'd been... Uh, we hadn't lost to him for 20 years and it was 15. Ooh. Uh, and he, he listened to the podcast last week, uh, Ringo. He listened to the podcast, which was strange for a Tottenham fan. And this is for you two guys. He said, what an entertaining, um, intelligent view on Arsenal. He said, I'm, he said, I listen to loads of Tottenham podcasts and they're all just people ranting. What an intelligent view upbeat view on Arsenal. So I, I hand that one over to you guys. But a guy I texted, a good mate of mine who's a Tottenham fan, sent me a little message taking the piss after they'd beaten us. And I said, Jose masterclass. Don't think we would have scored if we'd have played for another hour. Um, uh, are you enjoying it? And he said, this is a Tottenham fan who's older than me. And he said, he, he said, it'd be nice if we win something, but I can't stand watching this football for long. Now, that's, you know, this is where we're at. No one is happy. This is a Tottenham fan. They're top of the league and they're saying we don't like the way we're playing. You know, Manchester who United got to, rid of Who Mourinho. wants to cede 80% possession, Darren? No one wants to cede 80% possession and sit deep in their box as a top club. But I tell you what, that fan base has come to terms, that Tottenham fan base has come to terms based on the Tottenham fans that I interact with. They didn't like Mourinho last year. They didn't like the football last year. But results breed fucking come on words. Like results breed, yeah, and togetherness. And you can see that even though those players probably don't enjoy playing in that system, that they've worked out that that system will work for the players that they've got and the strengths and weaknesses that they've got. And as a result, the fan base will come together because results bring together a fan base. It's as simple as that. Results bring together a fan base. If you're winning... You know, it's like people talk about boring, boring Arsenal. You know, a lot of the older boys who are on here, you know, your Tezzas and your, uh, not Tezza, your your um, old man Trebs and your Darrens and guys, they talk about the 1-0 Arsenal and they're like, I don't care how we get to victory. I don't care whether or not we play amazing, exciting football because you can take as much pleasure out of a strong defensive performance. I take as much pleasure out of someone clearing a ball off the line and giving their all for the football club as I do from someone hitting a screamer from 30 yards. I mean, would I rather watch Arsenal win 1-0 and put up a manful defensive display, or would I rather watch Arsenal lose 2-1? Darren's lost his dentures. Um, <laughs> would, I, would I rather watch Arsenal lose 2-1 and see Aubameyang hit a screamer from 30 yards? And this is what I keep coming back to, where, where I keep trying to nudge the fan base forward, and I keep trying to say... You know, this this comment that I made before about piss or get off the pot, you're either an Arsenal fan or you're not an Arsenal fan. You're either happy to sit there and watch football or you're not happy to sit there and watch football. You're either going to eke joy out of the small things in life. And, you know, for us right now, the, the joy comes from watching Europa League. The joy comes from watching Balogun run out today and think, oh, doesn't he look good? Doesn't he have the right body shape? It comes from dreaming of a a time when ESR and Maitland-Niles and Willick and Eddie Nketiah and Balogun all run out for the Arsenal first team and actually win something. And if that doesn't happen, if they don't make it to the top level, uh, are we all going to sit there and say, you know what, I'm no longer an Arsenal fan. I'm I'm fucking leaving. I'm out of here. It's like, honestly, it, it makes me... It, it makes me so irate to immediately go onto Twitter and see these just ridiculous... Ra- I mean, everyone's ripping Runison apart tonight. Right? Go onto Twitter. They're tearing Runison apart. Yeah. Maybe, like, that's, maybe this what? is why I don't, don't go onto Twitter but you so know much. What it is? Do you know what it is, Darren? And someone put it in the comments. I'll, I'll find it later I'm, on. I'm just looking at the comments now. I've looked for Max McGlass. There is an addiction now to toxicity. There's an addiction to ranting. There's an addiction for being angry. And I think right now Arsenal fans would rather either be a top team or a bottom team and nothing in the middle. Because if they're a top team, they can celebrate. And if they're a bottom team, they can fucking rant and rave and carry on like fucking children. 
Liam, while I'm while I'm going to have a quick uh, shout out to some of the people who have uh, put in, posted some uh, comments on our comments section. Um, quite a lot of comments to work through. Um, I Liam, have been putting them up. You're just blind and you haven't fucking. I seen just them. found my glasses, Max. It wasn't me dentures. <laughs> it was me glasses I was looking for. Um, uh, Liam, would you be would you be happy as a supporter winning one nil every week? I mean, all right. Let me let me phrase that uh, that question slightly differently. Stop putting them up now because it. It's, Stop throwing them up on the screen. <laughs> can't concentrate. Can't talk to Liam. I can't multitask. I'm a bloke. It's easily confused. Uh, Liam, if we were second in the table and Tottenham would top uh, and we played that game last weekend, do you think there would have been the same bitterness, you know, that we got it all wrong because we went to try to beat them? <laughs> Probably a little bit because we just lost to Spurs. Um more than anything else. I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. <laughs> but you. Sorry. But how happy were you when we beat Liverpool 2-1 at the Emirates last season? We were laughing about it. Like, we were horrible that game. It was boring as fuck. We were crap. But we beat the champions 2-1. It was great. We <laughs> loved it. We won. We got three points. We had a laugh. We weren't yeah. complaining. We played shit, but we weren't complaining. I mean, there's a, a very good point here. I, I just uh, saw where we're going. This is from Scunny. Um, as a support since the late 90s, it's been difficult to watch the slow decline. Then the last two seasons, the drop has been in free fall with no parachute. This is the issue for me. Scunny, I absolutely agree with that. It's been, a, 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 it's, it's so hard as an Arsenal fan who's been watching for years to watch this not only steady decline and then this sudden big decline. But... Um, you know, there's there's lots of reasons for it. The change of ownership, the mismanagement, the mismanagement of funds, the mismanagement of um, where we've spent our money, the overpayment of players, the overpayment for players. There's there's a, a hell of a lot, you know, the change in recruitment policy, uh, the change in ownership, the change in management. There's so many things we've got wrong over the last 10 years, which is... Uh, has enabled this decline. But what the club have done, and I can only put my faith in the club, is that they've chosen this manager. They're going to stick by him. We've got an incredibly exciting, talented bunch of young lads coming through from the latest one, Balogun. Um, uh, who's the other new guy who started tonight? Um, came on for the last 10, 15 minutes. Adiz. Adiz, you know, and Adiz. then we've got Maitland-Niles. We've got Saka, um, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. You know, there's there's a real lot to be excited about. But if I was a player, I wouldn't really want to play in this side because of the shit, the abuse you get, like uh, Maxi Sam Runison's getting tonight if you play wrong. But we have to get behind this manager and have some faith that now we've decided this is the way forward. Max, you want to say something? Mate, fuck, fuck Runison. There are still fucking cunts out there giving it to Leno. Still podcasts out there bringing up fucking Martinez, the fucking I... chicken mayonnaise sandwich himself. And the same guys are saying, oh, dear, I hope Leno doesn't get injured now. Okay, here's one <laughs> from know, it's, Hambo it's Gumbo. Gents, Hambo Gumbo says that, gents, the toxicity, toxicity at Arsenal is merely reflects society at large. I get that. My problem isn't just with Arsenal fans. It is with society at large. But there's a, there's, there's a thing about having a glass half full and a glass half empty. It's an half more fun when your glass is half full. Trust me, it is. Especially uh, if it's full of whiskey. Uh, there's um, uh, why not sentiment FC? All decisions lead to the board and owner. Nothing to do with the manager. Well said. I think I agree with that. Um, yeah, DWTT, Saka, Martinelli, Gabriel, Arteta are all in the same boat. Young inexperienced and will be better with time and patience. Well done. I'm starting to get some faith back. I'm starting to get some faith back that there's well, some no, people... This is, the, this, is the, this is the thing, Darren. I think sometimes people need to put down the device. Like, they need to put down... Like they need Then to how put would down they listen Twitter. to us? No, I know, but... but Well, I mean, choose your, choose your content. Look, Toby and I were saying on Aspros the other day that we we release shows from lots and lots of different perspectives, right? So Toby and I try and take a, always try and take a, a more a more moderate view of the football club. Manny releases his show and it's fireworks, right? And and he wants to tear the whole fucking thing down. Scunny releases his show and he's kind of in between the two. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and I implore people who are listening to this, there's nothing wrong with being upset. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a top club again. There's nothing wrong with wanting to win. There's nothing wrong with wanting Arteta out. 
there's nothing wrong with saying that Xhaka is shit, right? None of this is wrong. We're all fans and we're all kind of here to sit there and talk and do our thing. But I would just implore people to like take two deep breaths before they they go and write something and go and put something out into the world and say everything is shit. I mean, the fact that Arteta out shirts are selling out Arsenal and people are saying indeed. that if if fans were in the stadium right now, if fans were in the stadium right now, the team would be getting booed off the pitch, right? Well, how is that going to be helpful? You know, how is that going to go into support the team or support the manager in any way? And I look, I'm like, I sound like I'm on a fucking moral pedestal at the moment. And I've been someone who go back and listen to my content. I get upset. I tell you what, after the Villa game, I was ropeable, absolutely ropeable. And you know why, Darren? It's weird, right? Because as a fan, even though it's not you, there's an element of shame. Like I'm ashamed by that loss. Like like that loss hurt me so much for, yeah, for whatever too. reason. That loss absolutely killed me. And you know what killed me more, Darren? I predicted it. I said after the Man U game, I said, we will lose this game. It is so very Arsenal for us to lose this game. And then with the Tottenham game, you know, so I don't know whether people, it, it was really interesting. In the lead up, everyone was negative, 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 negative. We're going to get hammered until the day of the game. And then everyone turned Arsenal and everyone was like, we're going to go and do them. And then they were so upset and so astounded that Mourinho, this top-class manager with a team that's finished top four for the last however many years and went to a Champions League final and has Gareth Bale and Harry Kane and fucking, you know, Toby Arteverald and like a, a, a top-class keeper and all of these players. And then they're all astounded that somehow the mighty, mighty Arsenal couldn't score against them. Yeah. You I mean, know, and then all this happened. I don't know if you guys read my tweet. I don't know if you guys read my tweet that I put up. Everyone. I ended up having a screenshot. Everyone, and not only everyone, but I post them up on the wall here and I, I look at them before I go to bed at night. Yeah. But I put up this huge long tweet and I was just like, I was just like, take, take two deep breaths, consider the situation, consider the systemic issue, issues at every level of this club from board. I mean, even if you go back, we went from having a guy who had a totalitarian control of the club for 22 years. Right, you look at Man U's trajectory. What happened after Ferguson? You look at Arsenal's trajectory. What's happened after Wenger? Managers like that and clubs structured around a single personality, ingrained in every facet of the football club. Right, managers like that will never exist again in the Premier League. What is happening well, at I Arsenal? Think that's what down, is happening at Man U will never exist again. I disagree, Max. It will never because... exist again. It will never listen, exist again because the model is listen financial now, Darren. Listen to me. The, I understand, but that depends on the individual. If you get exceptional people, like you do with Ferguson and Wenger, when they're exceptional people, those people will take charge. It's just that those exceptional people are few and far between. You know, uh, they really are. Let me do some of these comments. There's a lot of people taking the time to write these. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Jeff Clegg, Darren talking some sense. Get real gooners. Get real gooners. Some of you have lost sense of who we are, and more importantly, who we are not. We are not a loaded money rich club. Too many of you have grown up on the success of the golden years. It wasn't always like that. Um, I mean, Liam, sorry, just talk so while I'm looking through this. You got anything to add on any of these uh, comments that you've seen? Um, I can't Let say me do more. Darren, you, <laughs> while you have a look, <laughs> Darren, you can tell your friend beggars can't be choosers. Uh, do you know my friend Nick, who's in hospital? I didn't finish that story. Um, uh, he also, when Arsenal brought out the new badge that you're proudly showing on your shirt there, Max, when Arsenal uh, changed our logo and become branded, he said to me, I'm not going to Arsenal anymore. I'm going to go and watch Colchester United, his local club, because he said, This club has gone all corporate, the fans are all glory hunters. <laughs> And I don't want to be part of it anymore. And after going for, don't feel sorry for Liam Scully. <laughs> uh, he enjoys it. <laughs> he tells me comment. after. I, I, someone commented about me. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You're important. But, but yeah, he went and watched Colchester because he said Arsenal are going all big time. We're going all big time and I can't watch him anymore. And that was really sad for me. He went and had an affair with Colchester United. 
Go on, Liam, say something. Cheers, Scanny up. Scanny's just said, like you were listening on the podcast, sorry, in the middle of me ranting again, Scanny just put up a comment. I feel sorry for Liam. He hasn't said anything. Uh, <laughs> say something, Liam. <laughs> well, I don't like your mate because um, I'm from the South End part of Essex. Okay. Well, my is, so, oh, uh, the poor guy's in intensive culture. care in hospital, and you see, and you're just like going on Twitter and saying you hate him. <laughs> oh, you know, you're you're just new generation, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Whoops. Uh, after um, Ryan, Jackery, shit. Yeah. <laughs> What's he? Can't disagree. Um, <laughs> no, a lot, I mean I've looked through sort of a lot of the comments. They kind of echo what we say, really, don't they? Um, we have to get behind the club at the end of the day. And I, I wanted to throw a question at you, Darren, because it kind of leads on the manager side. As back in the, the times when, you know, we, we were struggling, you know, back in the dinosaur periods. Um, were we back in the manager then? Like, were we calling for him out? Um, there was, I don't even remember. We, I mean, look, there was, there was <laughs> times, and I don't want to bore you with, you know, I, I'm old, so I'll go back. There was a time when Arsenal played under Terry Neal and Don Howe uh, in the late 70s. Sorry, a bit of a problem with my mic there. Um, in the late 70s, early 80s, before George Graham's uh, turn at Arsenal. And what was different then is that the stadium was empty. You know, Highbury held in its pomp and ceremony about 55,000 fans. Uh, this is obviously before all-seater stadiums. And then your average crowd at Arsenal was about 45,000, 40 to 45,000 generally when it was when you could stand at Arsenal. And it would go up to 50,000 for the Liverpool-Tottenham-United games, although United weren't that big in those days. And then when we got shit under Terry Neal and Don Howe, I was in that period of my life where I went every game home and away, but the crowds dropped to like 15, 16, 17,000. You know, so people voted with their feet. There wasn't um, Twitter. There wasn't this social media outcry. And we would really complain. But it was the dullest time I've ever watched Arsenal. We didn't win anything. We were closer to relegation than we were to promotion. Very similar to where we are now, but over a prolonged period with no superstars to get excited about. It was a very, very dull side. So when George Graham came in, what he did was got us winning 1-0 and we just loved it because we were so... Um, uh, starved of success, starved of winning. So I th I was certainly calling for Terry Neal and Don Howe to go. I think they were there for about four or five seasons of mediocrity. So yes, there was the same, but because we didn't have the same social media platforms that we have now, um, it, it wasn't. I think the players were protected a little from it. Okay, I, I do think social media plays a big role and maybe even more so mm. now the crowds are gone um, as well because you can get anyone on Twitter protected because they put any old name in front of themselves and they get to say whatever the heck they like without consequence and reactionary you don't have time to think about it because when you sit down and 24 hours after the games happened I go okay so I'm pissed off still but let's have a look at this properly and I say right okay well here are the positives but on Twitter you go oh crap grab my phone quick tweet Arteta out and that's where I think a lot of this stems from so it was interesting to think uh, what would happen before the social media days so yeah fantastic I mean Liam to take that point on I think one of the most interesting things for me is when we start to have fans back in the stadium you know I mean it's only 2000 at the moment and uh, I've just been declined by the way for the last two ballots so I've not got a chance yet to go back up there but when we've got two four six thousand supporters in there they're obviously really keen supporters who want to go and support the side and that's generally is a bit of a barometer for me because i think if you listened to the arson Wenger out uh, brigade when that was in full flow it was a horrible time i've talked about it on this podcast it was a horrible time to be a supporter at the emirates but you would think by looking at social media that 99 percent of arsenal fans wanted Wenger out it was a lot more of an even split within the stadium because the average age in the stadium is probably pushing towards 45 and less of those people are so active on social media and have, have got a bit more perspective on Arsenal as a whole. So I'm looking forward to seeing when the fans get back in and we lose 3-0 to Aston Villa. Do those 2,000, 4,000 fans boo? Do you know, or, or, or when we're in these close games, will those fans actually, because will they get behind the team and support? Because that, that's what it felt like when they were in for the for the Europa League game the other week. It was easy. We were winning. It was great atmosphere back at football. But those fans were very supportive. They sang for 90 minutes. 
Now, when you put another 48,000 in there, they don't all sing for 90 minutes. Most of them sit there moaning and grumbling, or some of them sit there moaning and grumbling all for, for 90 minutes. Um, so uh, that's where I'll see the, where the barometer is. At the moment, it looks like everyone's anti-Arsenal. But just by reading the comments that we're getting in, I don't think um, I, I'm alone here in my in my belief that we should get behind the team and support. Um, just some comments here, Liam, in case you haven't seen him. Liam for Prime Minister, says Ruthless, ruthless Gunnar. Scunny Liam for Arsenal Manager. Uh, I'll take it. It pays more than my current job, surely. Ask Bros Ryan. Liam in. Get it, Liam. So, uh, <laughs> Thanks, guys. But anyway, that's enough of Liam. Max? <laughs> yeah, fuck Liam. Liam's a cunt. Get back in your fucking box. We only um, put Liam on, so when he's, he's got terrible internet, so when it freezes, he, he looks like he's given a blowjob. And that's true, why we have him on and the he shags his, And he shags no, his no, missus no. on Skype. So, you know, that's, a, that's another interesting I, thing about you know, Liam. I thought you'd forgotten that by now, but maybe not. No, no, that's, that's, that's never... That's never that's no. never been forgotten. Uh, look, look, you know, my my sentiments have, have never changed and they haven't changed over the last couple of weeks where, you know, I've been saying to people, it's fine to question the manager. We're in 16th and I think any Actually, club, Max, anywhere. I wanted to take, uh, I did listen to your podcast. I really do enjoy that show you do with your brother. Um, and I wanted to pull you up on a couple of things there. You you were saying that if, I think you said, if we get one point in the next three games, that's when I think you'll start to, to say one if we get le- one or less three points in the next three games, that's when you're going to start to really question. Um, sorry, question our manager. Is that a fair? I mean, I'm going to say I reckon no, we'll get no. nine points from our next three games. Yeah, look, what I was what I was sort of getting at there is I I, I think that it's a results based business, and regardless of sentiment, you know, we're talking about not being overtly negative at the moment and getting behind the team. But regardless, what I was saying was there will come a time when it is through poor results, it is untenable for Arteta to continue to stay there for longer because he will have, by that point, completely lost the dressing room, completely lost the team behind him and completely lost control of the club. So what I'm saying is there is a time when this will naturally play out. Right, If he does go up, if he goes and loses against Burnley, loses against Southampton, loses against Everton, I can't see a world where they don't look at that. And I'm talking about a business structure here where they don't look at that and they don't look at the profitability of the club. They own the club for reasons of business. They don't own the club for love. The club's not owned by us. It's owned by millionaires and they bought the club to make money. And in a results-based business, failures of that of that level will not be tolerated. And that's got nothing to do with being a bad fan. That's got nothing to do with disliking Mikel Arteta. That doesn't even have anything to do with me believing that Mikel Arteta was a a bad appointment or is a bad manager. That's just the nature of things. Things happen. People open up businesses, run businesses. Great businesses fail every single day because it's the wrong timing. They have the wrong recruitment. They have the wrong people at the wrong time in the wrong place. It happens. And I think that it's it's quite acceptable to sit there and say, should the results fail to such a degree that it becomes untenable for him to remain in the position, then at that time, when the board and when the owners decide that they need to remove him to bring someone else in who is going to, through merely being a different person, through merely not being Mikel Arteta, you know, we talk about new manager bounce. This is what new manager bounce is. It's got nothing to do with the fucking manager. It has nothing to do with the tactics. It's just a new voice. That's it. It's someone coming in saying, okay, let's have a quick reset and let's move it. So what I was saying again in my long rambly way is that if he has a failure of large scale over the next three games, coming into a December period and Arsenal are down in 15th or 16th, the board will have to act. I don't believe that the board has an appetite to remove him knowing that 2021 is such a massively important year where we're going to be clearing out so many contracts, so many players left over, not from one, not from two, but now three different managers' worth of players, clearing all of that off the books. Their intention will be to keep him and to let him continue to bring in players. Gabriel, great signing. Thomas Partey, great signing. Kieran Tierney, great signing. The youth coming through where we've locked them down on contracts, we've secured Saka, we've secured Martinelli, we're securing all of these key assets. Let's go and secure Balogun now. 
That's the next one. All of these things are building blocks for the club to start moving forward over the next two and three years. But <laughs> okay. if Arteta's not there, if Arteta's not there to see that through, that will not be or it may not be because Arteta was a bad coach. It may not be because Arteta was a bad decision. It may just be that the way that the cards fell for him with that particular squad and with Arsenal running to the end of these contracts forced it down that path and he didn't have the requisite support or experience to right the ship at that given time in Arsenal. Okay, so, I mean, I want you to almost take a little section of what you said there and actually recall that bit and post it out there for Arsenal fans. You actually made me feel like there's a lot of promise. And then you obviously spoke it by saying, and if we don't win, you've got to get rid of Arteta in three games. Um, <laughs> Liam, um, what's your? we've got three games coming up, all eminently win, winnable games, in my opinion. Uh, I think we will win all three. I think we. Arteta was lucky last year. Had a lot of luck going in through it. We we scraped past City, uh, beat Chelsea in the final. Both games could have gone either way. We got absolutely battered at home by <laughs> Liverpool. Managed to get three points. He rode his luck a lot, and I thought, wow, we've got a lucky manager. Is uh, all things go round, come round? You know, it's it, things even themselves out. That's where I think we are at the moment with Arteta. We've had a lot of bad luck. Nothing's going in. Um, Wits of posts. We've got three games coming up, Liam. Do you agree with Max that if we only get one point from the next three games, he should go? Um, not necessarily. I think Max included in there that that'll be when the players lose faith in the manager. That, for me, is when I'll have the alarm bells and start thinking, OK, we need to change this. I'm not sure when that'll be, whether that's if we lose these next three, whether we have to lose 10 on the spin for that to happen. But when it does, if it does... I think that's the time for me. That's when I would start thinking, I want to change here. But doesn't, I mean, and I know this thing about losing the dressing room is an important part of uh, of, of success. You know, you uh, look at Tottenham, look under Mourinho. They're playing really dull football. You know, Harry Kane's playing, playing centre-half. You know, the midfielders don't get a touch of the ball. You know, playing with 25% possession at home. You know, it's going to, It's but because they're winning, they've all bought into it. I don't think we've got too much of an issue at Arsenal because we've got such a, a hungry young squad coming through. You know, you might lose the likes of Ozil, you know, because he's the first one who we lost and he's gone. And Arteta's put his foot down and said, right, you're gone. But we've got so many good kids coming through. I think he can freshen this squad up. And I really honestly do think that, you know, our next three games are eminently winnable and we will get some luck. We're due some luck. And then we'll be. I think this is why people have got why people are so frustrated, Darren. Uh, if, if you look at the key frustration of most of the Arsenal fans that I talk to, the frustration is the consistently backing the same players who are failing to deliver. When you've got these Europa players and you've got these guys who are young and who are hungry, who aren't getting a go. Now, regardless of of what's going on with Arteta, at some point he has to look at those players. He has to look at the Jackers. He has to look at the Williams. He has to look at the Bellerins. You know the 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 favourites that he has, and he has to say, "You haven't delivered for ten games. My job's on the line. I recognise that you guys are the more skillful players, and statistically, you are more likely to deliver me what I require to win." But I'm going to put it on, I'm going to go hang my head on heart and I'm going to hang my hat on desire. And I'm going to bring in some of these guys who are going to run their fucking lungs out and kill themselves for the badge. That's the key frustration of Arsenal fans. And that's what I think he has to address in the next month. Yeah, look, uh, we said it on this podcast, albeit on another channel about uh, three weeks ago, that we would happily watch that Europa League side. After the defeat by Aston Villa, I think it was, we would happily watch that Europa League side play you know, I, I think you both said I was a stupid saying it, and now you're saying it. But I said that you know yeah, this called, was a called side. You, called you a stupid, called you a stupid old cunt. Probably. Yeah, and now you're agreeing <laughs> with me. It just takes you time, you youngsters, to start to realise that I'm talking <laughs> sense. But but that's it. There's enough. Uh, you know, Maitland-Niles is a, you're a big fan of Maitland-Niles. I thought he's been terrific now in the last two um, mm. two Europa League matches. Bellerin's been a little bit indifferent. Let Bellerin earn his place back. Give. Give Ainsley Maitland-Niles a chance. Aubameyang, you know, he's not, he, he has to be droppable. I'd have played him tonight, you know, and saved Enketiah, who looks also two very good games. Give Enketiah the start. Enketiah's hold-up play has improved incredibly in the last three months. I think we can all see that. And again, I don't think we played terribly badly. Lacazette was probably our best player at the weekend. Much as most people hate him, he worked his he nuts the off best, of the team. Best chance, best chance for an assist. 
and he had the best chance for a goal in the game. And people yeah. still slagged him off. I, I mean, I, I, I should just mention the clock in talk. Um, uh, where's Max gone? <laughs> Probably to do something without his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he did say he wasn't wearing any pants, didn't he? <laughs> and for those American listeners, that's actually underpants we're talking about. Um, I just did want to mention that uh, in the clock end talk, because I just said I would take the piss out of Tez, who, uh, through a lack of communication on my part, um, didn't schedule this show on our usual channel. So thanks uh, to the Ars Brothers for hosting it tonight. But I took the piss out of him last week, and he told me I was wrong because I said that he said we should get Sam Allardyce in, and Tez was quite vehement on the review show that he didn't say get um, Sam Allardyce in. He said that we should get Arteta some help. You know, he's a young, inexperienced manager and we should get him some help. And I was listening to this nodding, thinking, well, you know, there's some mentors out there, some people that we could bring in. And then they mentioned the names. <laughs> Alan Pardew. That was amusing. Oh, hang on. I was going to save that one till last, Liam. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't so, wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you've done it now. Yeah. Alan Pardew. <laughs> yeah, that's a... That, he'll oh, come yeah. in. He'll know what to do. Have I told you the Alan Pardew story? I went to his stag night. <laughs> I, can't told you guys how, I can't imagine that was much entertainment. It was horrific. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about Alan Pardew, who was the Newcastle and Crystal Palace manager. Back in the day, it would have been in about 89. I was, uh, it's a silly little story, but it's horrific. Uh, through a friend, of, he wasn't a, Alan Pardew wasn't a friend of mine, but I was good mates with one of his mates. And he invited me down to South London for the night. And it was, he said, oh, it's, do you know Alan Pardew plays for Crystal Palace? And, I, you know, I didn't even know him. He said, it's his stag do. <laughs> Should we go? Uh, why don't you join us? And we went to a strip club like you do. <laughs> and it was just one of those, you know, it's a usual blokey night out in the 80s. But they stripped him naked, these two strippers, stripped him naked, tied him to a chair, and then came out with some whips, yeah, and started to whip him. And you can imagine, it's a very blokey audience. audience. It's all, wee, wee, you know, like, it went on and on and on. <laughs> and after a little while, all the cheers were like, are they going to stop soon? And it went on and on. And I swear they just kept hitting the shit out of him while he was sitting there naked, obviously not enjoying it for the longest time. <laughs> So and that marriage didn't last very long either. <laughs> anyway, I haven't met him since. <laughs> but thank you, Ian, my mate, who invited me to that night out. Right, look, um anything else you want to bring up, lads? Because we've done an hour and I'm really conscious I like to keep this to an hour. Anything else you want to add, guys, before I finish off? I'll take that. Uh, look, I really want to say thanks to all of the people who have sent in comments tonight. There is really lots, and I'm sorry, Honey Family Glasses after 45 minutes. I didn't have a chance to look at them. Uh, thanks for taking part in the show tonight. Thank you for giving me some confidence back that there are some people out there that actually agree that, you know, we've, uh, as a fan base, we don't understand the word support sometimes, and uh, there are enough of us out there who really do get the club, really do get what the badge is all about, and really believe that we can turn things around it's a time now for us to get behind this club to get behind this team to get behind these young players and not just criticize and castigate and destroy them before they've even started it's time for some of the experienced players like Obama Yang, Lacazette, Willian to actually step up to step up and show some leadership in this team and to start to convert some of these chances and turn things around very quickly. I really, really believe that we can. Um, I'd like to thank Max and Liam for joining me tonight. Liam, you can catch, he's quite active on Twitter. We can find him at Gronin Guna. It makes it sound like you're always groaning. <laughs> Gronin, Gronin Guna, G-R-O-N-I-N Guna. Uh, um, you can catch Liam there. Thanks, mate, for joining us tonight. No, um, thanks for having me. Sorry thanks we didn't... for hosting. Sorry we didn't let you speak very much. Uh, Max, I'd like to thank you and the Isles Brothers for hosting tonight's podcast uh, due to our technical issues over at Clock End Talk. Um, if you want a more um, less balanced view of uh, uh, of life, then there's a whole host of uh, podcasts they do on the Isles Brothers Network. But seeing you're listening to this on the Isles Brothers Network, you probably know that. Uh, thanks for joining <laughs> us, Max. As always, always enjoy your company. Thanks, mate. And I'm Darren. You can find me at Deliguna, where I've got very few followers because I don't post very much. But it would be nice to get a few more, and then I might post some more. 
this has been the Thursday Night Live. You can catch us every week on a Thursday night live, or you can download the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you all at a very similar time next week. Hit the button. Oh, fuck, I'm the one who has to turn it off. Hit the button. Hit the button. No professional. Hit the button. Here's the button hit. Professional start, professional Uh, end. I've lost it now and I'm worried. (laughs)